Hello and welcome to Connected episode 276. It's made possible this week by our sponsors, Pingdom, Squarespace, and Booz Allen. My name is Stephen Hackett. I was impeached, but I'm still around. And I am joined by my, I don't want to say those who persecute me, but they persecute me. Uh, we have Federico Vitici. Hello. Welcome back. Hello, Stephen. Hi. Hi. I'm glad you're talking to me. It would be awkward if we weren't speaking, because that would make a bad podcast. Hey, everybody deserves a, you know, a fair trial, so <laughs> I can talk to you. It's fine. Cool. And we're joined by Mike Hurley. Hi. We're back. We're back, and I'm not going to make any impeachment jokes. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's fine, Stephen. We forgive you. I, I appreciate that. It's been a while mm-hmm. since we've recorded because we had our two sort of special episodes at the end of the year, and then we took some time off. It's actually been like three weeks since we recorded an episode, and I've been looking forward to this. And looking in this document, it looks like everyone's been looking forward to it because this document never ends. It goes on and on. Yeah. My, my recommendation to the listener now is to look at the remaining time of the episode and or how many chapters there are in this episode because we brought everybody brought a lot today. So this is where we are. But we're going to start with follow-up, and that means starting with Federico's hacked-up AirPods Pro. They're not hacked. I mean, they're modified. There were a couple of um, casualties of the time paradox of the recording and releasing of our episodes. Over the end of the year, this was one of them. Like, I believe Federico had this article up before the episode came out where he spoke about possibly doing it. Mm Mm-hmm. So yes. that's that's t- if you were paying close attention, this and this was time parallax number one. Yes, I modified, or as Steven says, I hacked my AirPods Pro. AirPods by, Pro hack. Yes, by adding an extra memory foam layer. It's what I mentioned on Connected. I discovered this technique on the Mac Rumors forums, and I ordered a pair of Symbio W. Uh, ear tips from Amazon Japan. I believe they are sold out at the moment after publishing the did. story. You're such an influencer. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a memory you know, foam influencer. Ear tip influencer. I'm, mm. I'm all about the ears, man. Um, yes. So, Everyone has that thing, Federico. <laughs> I found my niche. In this case, it's a pretty gross one, but still. Uh, <laughs> but it's mine. <laughs> it's all mine. Uh, still, I, so I ordered them and I followed the really very easy technique um the mac rumors forums and uh, i mean it's been a couple of weeks at this point and i the the memory foam layer is still in and i love it it makes the you can check out the photos um for context uh it really you really gotta take a look at the final result to understand what is going on here um but the having that extra layer of memory foam it really makes the silicon tips, the medium-sized, uh, for me specifically, fit better my ears. Uh, they give me better isolation, uh, better sound as a result. And uh, just the, the bass is just ever so slightly warmer because of, you know, everything's basically tighter in my inner ear um, because the memory foam layer creates volume and because it's memory foam, it sort of adapts to the shape of my ear and it's it's good. It they fit per the AirPods still fit perfectly in the case. And if you perform the unspeakable Apple test, the ear fit tip top test, whatever, 
in settings. <laughs> it has good seal, so it's uh, it's good. It's a good. They're seal. all good seals, Federico. Really, all seals are good all because seals, seals are, good are seals. essentially uh, dog. Uh, sea dogs so like yep. obviously they're all good <laughs> seals are all perfect and in this case they're all good seals um, I would say if you, if you think all seals are good you've not seen enough nature documentaries because let me tell no. you my friend seals and they are this is literally violent. the same thing you said about dogs and I don't believe you it is not and true and I stand all... by the fact that not all dogs are good dogs I mean if you want no, I can oh like find God. some news articles for you like I don't but uh, no you know what all dogs are good dogs all seals are good seals all people are bad people okay where I draw the line is this like your platform for leadership like these three (laughs) statements this (laughs) is like your version of peace bread and land Seals are, are good, dogs are good, people are, are bad, fe, vote for me. Federico 2020, the issues where I stand on <laughs> dogs, good, seals, dog, good, people, bad. Bad. And that's what I'm going to fix. I'm so, going to re- replace all people with seals. You know, you need so, the people to vote for you. Seals don't get a vote. You've oh, done that's this what you think. In my system, uh, only Wait, seals and dogs are But how do vote. we get to your system? Uh, that's what this podcast is for. Uh, uh, that's <laughs> what the next 12 the months are going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> all seals are good. Even if you take a look at the seal-shaped Pokemon, it's, it's very good. Mm. It's very, How very do you fun. feel about the singer seal? Also very good. Ah, so seal, uh, whilst also a person, by being seal is exactly good. And, mm. and, and, and for the same uh, reason, so like Snoop, Snoop Dog, Dog exactly, go. also very good, <laughs> also very good. So, uh-huh. right. oh boy. You, so by you know by symbiosis or osmosis, whatever, um, <laughs> they're all, they're good, equally good. Um, but yes, the AirPods Pro are good. They have a good seal. Uh, so, and it's funny because people have been sending me photos of from all over the world, really, of these um, mods that they're doing to the AirPods Pro. And I mean, the folks at Symbio must be really happy because uh, I don't know how successful they were before, but we got at least I don't know fifty people buying the Symbio W tips uh, after my story. So uh, you're welcome, Symbio. Um, you know, somebody emailed me. Uh, <laughs> this was funny. Somebody emailed me asking, like, um, "Hey, I saw your uh, product <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> Do you want to mm. collaborate on filing a patent for mm. this and a trademark?" I was like, "Well," <laughs> and I replied, "Well, you know, I actually, I literally just." bought a product on Amazon made by other people. <laughs> after reading about it on a it forum. Into, after reading about it from other people and stuffed it into silicon ear tips from another company. And they <laughs> never got back to me. So it's like that, a strong uh, platform for a pen. Now. I'm guessing that the pen is off the table at this point. Mm. It's not going to happen. Uh, but yeah. Federico, tell me about engraving AirPod cases. I'll tell you that the company behind these a bunch of cowards, really, <laughs> because <laughs> because you can now. <laughs> this is what I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> let, me, let me tell you about let, the, uh, let those me cowards. Be clear. All right, let me be clear, Stephen. Uh, we will not allow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <it's... laughs> 
I don't think we need to take a break again. I th- <laughs> we need to just record every week so this doesn't happen. So you can now engrave a subset of emoji on your AirPods case. Mm. Uh, Apple rolled this out a few days ago. Uh, they apparently have a special emoji font that is designed specifically for engraving on AirPods cases. Uh, you can actually, there's a link in the show notes where you can take a look at the monocolor emoji font for AirPods engraving. Uh, it is literally called Apple Monochrome Emoji Regular. So, uh, And there's a bunch of options, and really they are uh, sort of like a monochrome version of emoji and like also the animoji version sort of they look like those but like in a simpler 2d style there's the poop emoji there's the unicorn there's the fist and the heart and the star there's the uh, there's the space invaders uh, alien there's a dragon there's a bear robot uh the snapchat icon there's a goat (laughs) which is an interesting inclusion really uh now this is a this is a an, an an acceptable move because the best emoji out there, and really when you think about it, the emoji that a lot of people identify as is the weird fish emoji, and the weird fish emoji is not included in mm. the selection of emoji that you can engrave on your Airpo- on your AirPods, mm-hmm. which is an unacceptable omission. And I I stand against this decision myself. We, Why did they include the ram? Oh, the see, that's a good word, the ram. It's not a goat. My, my only assumption is they've tried to put as many characters in here to represent the Chinese New Year. Or, here's a wild theory, and let me preface what I'm about to say by saying that I do not follow sports. But isn't there a sports team called the Los Angeles Rams? Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, but like... Could be that. If you're I mean, really into that, all you right. can put I a mean, ram Snapchat or the Rams. But like there's a few, right? You've got like the mouse is here, dragons here, yeah. goat Dragon's a very popular sheep. football team mascot, as as everyone knows. That's I'm really not I've I wasn't adding to the football team mascot thing. Yeah, sure. There's the San Francisco monkeys. But why are they cowards, Federico? <laughs> You've not explained this yet. Because the weird fish emoji is not included yep. in the selection of emoji that you can use. Now, can you imagine if it was how you would how you would have felt though? Like if that was one of them, I, that would have been good, right? I, I would have bought more AirPods immediately. Vindicated. I would have. Yeah. I am not kidding. I would have bought a new pair of AirPods Pro just to engrave the weird fish yeah. on them. I would have done that. I, I think I they also done. changed the font, right? Like the overall font for engraving changed too. Mm, maybe. Like the the actual when if you put text on them, they changed it to like the rounded um Do you font, guys have like, any text on your AirPods? I don't know if I've ever Oh, I engraved my Apple Pencil with Mike was right. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I've never had anything engraved from Apple ever. Ever? Ever. Never ever. The main reason that I never do that is because you know it means it's going to be longer until the thing comes to you. If you get it engraved, yeah, you're going to wait an extra day or two. And we always buy them like in a rush to get them quick because we're impatient. Yeah, Yeah, that's why. So I'm really sad that you cannot use any emoji for this. Hopefully, in the future, that will have an update. Mm. 
mm-hmm. that lets you use the the you know the weird fish and the mate and the falafel, and all the, the best emoji. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The peach. Yes. Grandpa cup. Mm-hmm. 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 This is not the first time Apple's made a custom font for stuff. You guys remember they did the 30 year of Mac thing several years ago and they made like a Mac yeah. icon font that had a bunch of different. What was the purpose of the font? There was a reason, but I don't remember what it was. They had like a 30 year web page up and they used yeah. this to like have line art in with the text. It was cool. It's a great mm-hmm. thing, but like that just seems like a very strange way to deal with your design problem. Oh, the internet's not very good, and <laughs> you yeah. have to sometimes do things. I like it because then I get to use these icons and things sometimes. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I most definitely have a copy of this Mac icon typeface. Can we talk about the Mac Pro? Everyone's favorite yes. computer. Yeah, how are you enjoying your Macintosh Professional? It's That's very the only, We good. must call it that here. That's the only. Mm-hmm. This is time paradox number two. That yes. it showed up on the day that we recorded an episode, but I had then like an episode of Mac Power just came out where I talked about having it and like doing things with it. And then that episode came out like it's all out of order, but mm-hmm. it did come like, I think three weeks before the initial ship date, uh, which is really cool. And I've been really happy with it. Um, I have put up a page on 512 called, very, I thought was a very clever name. Uh, Mac Pro log, where I'm like talking. I want to talk about like over the years of having this computer, tinkering with its insides, because that's the point of the Mac Pro. So uh, you can see what I've done so far, and you know I'm trying to work out some storage issues, and all that is uh, laid out. There. Oh, is it clever because it's like the log of a tree? It's like you can tell over the years. I was gonna ask, like I'm not a hundred percent sure why it's. Cl- it's nice. It sounds good. It's, it sounds good, but why is it clever? Like prologue. Oh, prologue? Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, no, I get it. It's good. The log of a tree, and you can tell by the rings. How old is it? If you cut the Mac Pro in half, you can count the rings. You tell how old it <laughs> is. You know how old it is. Yeah. Uh, you should try that. <laughs> prologue. Oh, that's good. You should be a journalist. It's one of those things that, like, you ha- I didn't get it by reading it, you know? you got to say it out loud. The prologue. Yeah. yeah. I assume everyone reads all blogs out loud. Is that not how people read? That's true. Yes. I mean, I am one of those people that when I read, I hear a voice in my head. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm such a slow reader. What What voice? My own voice. Oh, your own. Yeah. Oh. yeah. It's not like yours. It's Casey's. Sometimes if I know somebody's voice really well, it's maybe a little bit more towards their voice than my voice, you know? Mm. Interesting. So like if you read Six Colors, you hear Jason's voice? Yeah. Unless Dan wrote the article. That he no, heard. even if it's Dan. It's always Jason's voice in my head. So it's like, you don't even need to listen to podcasts. You can just make your own. Yeah, exactly. Who needs them, right? It's useful. I mean, I like having them. (laughs) Let's keep them. (laughs) Okay. I just wanted to point people towards Quinn Nelson. He has a YouTube channel called Snazzy Labs. He's done a bunch of Mac Pro videos. He took one completely apart, like as much apart as it will go. That video was like meditation for me watching him take it apart. I don't know why, but I watched it like pretty late one evening and I was it just like relaxed me to watch him just like Were you like in the bathtub? No, I was in bed. We don't all watch YouTube videos in the bathtub like you do. Well I fixed the Wi Fi so i I can do that now. That's good. <laughs> Thank you, Eero. Uh so he took his Mac Pro completely apart and I was 
I mean, Quinn like knows what he's doing. Like he's, in a, if you watch his channel for a long time, he's in all sorts of things like this, but I was more than a little nervous. I was like, please don't destroy this brand new computer. But, uh, it lived, he's done a couple more videos. He did one where he, he had a bunch of PCI stuff. I was like, let's just see what works. And it turns out that Mac OS driver support, as you may imagine, is pretty lacking in some of these areas of, you know, these cards that they should physically work, but there's no like software for them. And some of them work in windows, but not in Mac OS. Um, and then he did one where he tried gaming on it with boot camp, and, um, he did a lot of cool stuff with it. And I think he has some more plans. So if you're into Mac pro YouTube content, it's definitely a channel you should be paying attention to. Yep. Plus he's a real nice guy. All right. We did our annual predictions as a reminder, Federico won the annual predictions for the previous year. Congratulations again. Thank you. And I realized making him chairman, Ricky. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. He is the annual chairman. He won the annual picks. And so I listened back to the episode. I mean, I think everything about the rookies is perfectly clear. Like, how could it not be any more clear how it works? I think it's very simple, very straightforward. There's no surprises. Uh, but I, I do think we need to maybe do a better job at defining who the chairman is, because really there are two, as we spoke about, two parallel games. There's the annual predictions and then there's the special event predictions, right? I don't remember that being a thing. Well, that's kind of where we ended up at the end that episode. It's like, well, there's actually two different things. And so what I'm proposing, a little mm. bookkeeping before we move on to the show, is that we have uh, we have two chairman titles. And of course, you can hold both at the same time. Then you would be the the mega chairman. Oh, I see what's happening in this document now. Right. Because, okay, I got upset because it seemed like Stephen was just giving himself a random no, award because I, he yes. won one. No, wait, wait, I get it. So mm. I wanted to call myself the WWDC chairman. But what the special event, it's <laughs> just like, so I think we should have annual chairman and ongoing chairman. Well, see, I thought, so I, I like the name special event chairman because that one turns over more quickly, right? So if there's... Say like two years ago, there was a September event. I don't remember who won two years ago, but let's just say, Mike, you won. You had won September, and then I won October. You're only a chairman for like three weeks, and then it, it mm-hmm. passes to me. So mm-hmm. I like special event chairman because it could like it, there's no like time associated with it, right? You could hold that for a long time or a short time. What about keynote chairman? Okay, special event just sounds weird because we never we don't call them we don't call Apple events special events. Right? Apple does. So an- annual chairman and keynote chairman. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Fe- so Federico is the annual chairman until this time next year, and we'll see yep. uh, how I come out victorious in 2020, because 5G is not happening. It will not. Oh, you're really, like, I, and you really shouldn't keep doubling down on that one. And in March, if there's a March event, I may lose my my keynote chairmanship or i may retain it we will see so i think that clears it up because i listened to it i was like mm-hmm. i know what i had in my head but i'm not sure i got that out of my face and so i feel like we've cleared this up we've also had quite a few tweets uh in an email suggesting that we have <laughs> that we have some sort of physical prize and then apparently <laughs> we would be shipping them to each other like in between events and like i love that idea but that's just not practical because we don't live anywhere near each other and um that would get expensive fast but Mm. um, maybe we can come up with something like um some sort of digital well somebody's cheap oscar so what if it's just like 
a text file that somebody we all keep on our desktop <laughs> and we just hand it back over to each other via Dropbox. <laughs> or <laughs> just like a little like, image. Like you put an emoji in your Twitter bio or like mm. some sort of token. So I don't know what the idea is. So I want the, I want the listeners to help us maybe pick this. So if you have an idea for some sort of yeah. digital representation of who the annual and keynote chairmans are at any given time, let us know on Twitter because I, I think think there should be something. And as much as I love the idea of like having trophies that we mail to each other, honestly, it's just not practical. So we need something digital. Where can people find our Twitter, Stephen? Uh, the show is at underscore connected FM. So tweet mm. at the show. A little bit of follow out over the holidays. You, Mike, you and Jason host the Upgradies where you uh, hand out awards to apps and services and podcasts. And uh, that was uh, episode 278 this year. Or you can go to the upgrade, you can go to com and see all the winners as well. Connected was named runner up for the 2019 mm-hmm. Upgradies for the favorite tech podcast, which was a category that we that Connected won last year. Yes. Automators won it this year. Well deserved. Automators is an excellent show. I'm not at all upset that we didn't win again. So why are you bringing it up? No, I'm upset. I'm upset. Yeah. I don't care. I like those guys, but I'm upset. We should have won. I mean, so I listened to it, and Mike, you you, you decide not to vote in this category. Yeah. And I think that you should abuse your power. The upgrade is to help your other show. Yes. It's all about the abuse of power, man. That's... That's how things get done. But that's the reason that I can't do it. I can't have a say in giving myself an award. You're giving me and Federico an award. That's <laughs> what you're doing. Well, then you should host your own show. I don't know. Wow. Wow. Federico, do you I'm wanna... just saying. Federico. We'll make our own show, Stephen. It's going to have trophies. Yeah. It's going to have abuse of power. <laughs> it's <gonna laughs> that's great. I can't wait. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's the anti-upgradies. We'll, we'll think about a name. Downgradies. Yeah. Wait, so you're hosting an entire show that's purpose <laughs> is to be against one episode of my show. And to favor ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Right. And this is going to win awards? So, for instance, one of the awards is, is the best two Apple blogs, and Mac Stories and 512 Pixels would win. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're going to, I see, you can run a concurrent award ceremony every year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's like the bad movie award type things, you know, like when yep. the Oscars are going on. Yeah, but all good. They're not bad. All, yeah, all, well, all good and corrupt and, and power hungry. Imagine just how much better the oscars would be for example you know how they have the they have those people walk out on stage mm-hmm. and be like and the award goes to imagine how much better the whole show would be if if each of those people said and the award goes to myself and they just yeah they it saves so much trophy, time like hidden behind their back and they just give the award to themselves mm-hmm. like that would be incredible I, like i will watch five hours of that show <laughs> Of people would it just not walking get a little predictable? Uh, no, because every time the reaction will be different. Every time they will make you believe that in the envelope there's the name of somebody else. But in reality, they just like, and the award goes to myself. And it's like this show for three hours. Mm-hmm. That's my pitch for an Apple TV Plus program. I have, some, uh, I have some good news, Federico. I'm here to award the best iOS 13 review of the year. Okay. And it's yours. Congratulations. Oof. Thank I you. thought you were going to give that to yourself. I appreciate it. I mean, I I, well, so I won the best linked list item 
to Federico's review. <laughs> oh, that's a great award. <laughs> Very covered in award, that one. It's a, it's a gold paper clip. Uh, I do want to mention that 13 Minutes to the Moon, uh, which is an excellent podcast about the, uh, the lunar landing. It ran this summer. I listened to every episode twice. Like, it was so mm-hmm. good. That was the co-runner-up. So not as good as runner-up. It's slightly lower than runner-up. It's co-runner-up. Uh, but uh, also very deserving. So it was a real honor to be uh, to be in that, and um, just say automators, we're gonna we're gonna come for you in 2020. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Should we take a break? Mm. Let's yeah, take a break. I need a rest. I think so. Yeah, it's a, we've been doing the show for like two hours. At this I point. feel like I've given it like an hour and a half's energy into these last <laughs> 20 minutes. So like I need yes. to take a few minutes. Okay. Well, I'm going to give myself an award for the best Pingdom ad read of the episode. That's good. Yeah. So let me give my acceptance speech real quick. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom from Solar Winds. Today's internet users expect a fast experience when they're on your website. And no matter how good your content is or how effective your marketing may be, they're going to bounce if your website is loading too slowly. With real user monitoring from Pingdom, you can discover how website performance issues affect your visitor's experience. So you can take action before your business is impacted. How your visitors experience your website differs depending on the browser, device, and platform they may be using. With Pingdom, you can identify how visitors are experiencing your website so you can make informed optimizations to deliver great performance to those who matter most. And it's built to scale. Real user monitoring is an event-based solution, meaning you can monitor millions of page views without compromising the fidelity of your historical data or breaking the bank in the process. Get live visitor insights today with real user monitoring from Pingdom. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. When you sign up, use the code CONNECTED at checkout to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for the support of this show and RelayFM. All right, tiny topic number one. Mike, you purchased a pop socket. No, I didn't. I purchased a wireless charger that is for PopSocket. You you really bought this? Yeah. I you know it's it. wireless, right? You know it's going to do all the horrible it. things you fear. Yeah, I know. Okay. Uh, look, here's the thing. Within about 10 minutes, I had like 50 tweets about this okay. charger. So I figured I had to buy it. I also It's like it's not even available in the UK, so I had to buy it from the US, which means I gonna need some weird like power converter thing to even use it so mm-hmm. like i'm not gonna use it a lot but like this is an answer to a thing that i've been talking about for a while like is there a good charging solution and basically this is a wireless charging donut so like the pop socket can go down into the middle of the charger and then right. it will wirelessly charge seems like an interesting idea i actually have got a like I, I will hand it to PopSocket here. Like, this is clever. It's meme right? And it, I just think it's clever. Like, why not, right? Like, people complain about not being able to wirelessly charge. Well, you know what? Make your own wireless charger and put a hole in the middle. Like, I got to hand it to them. Like, I think this is kind of clever. It, like, not that it's a good product way, but, like, it is just, I think it is just a clever thing to do during CES to, like, gain some attention and make a $60 wireless charger in the in the process. It's like a little donut of, of energy. Mm-hmm. T- talking about chargers that are going to set your house on fire, let's talk about the Zens AirPower-like 
charger. Oh, I don't like these. I, I feel uncomfortable with these products. I want to know why you find them uncomfortable. Because if Apple couldn't make this work, like, can anybody? Zen say they can. Uh, my favorite thing about this product is, and it honestly tempted me to buy it, was the one with glass on the top where you can see the 16 coils that are inside of this thing all layered over each other because that just looks bananas. Well, it's good to know when the fire's starting. Yeah. You know. Look yeah, how I... thick this thing is, right? Like, it's got little holes in it. Like, it's definitely got, like, a fan in there yeah. or something. Like, and You uh, think there's going to be a fan? Oh, no. Well, there's holes, yeah. right? Well, like, but, well, you, yeah. you got well, I, I, hmm. to feed oxygen to the fire so it stays going. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I bought this right away in the morning and oh, I no. half asleep state <laughs> without thinking about it too much. Why did you buy it? You know, I... Die because I saw like the promise of air power. I was like, yes, they, you know, and finally. I just, I just woke up and it's like, you know, maybe, maybe I should just try this. And yeah, I bought it. Did you buy it with the Apple Watch accessory? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I knew you did. I also I knew put you, that in the did. cart. Yep. Yeah. Did you get the great one or the sucky one? No, I got the uh, the boring one, the fabric one, the fabric one. Yeah, yeah I didn't okay. get. You don't want to see the fire, right? I don't want to see. Said, you, know, you just want to keep that hidden away. I don't want to see I think see the that. fabric could be a good conductor for the fire that will start anyway. So, mm-hmm. Do you really trust this, Federico? Honestly, I don't. Uh, I really don't. <laughs> I don't know what, what what's going to happen. Personally, like, I have no idea. Yeah. You know, like... I think it's gonna probably catch fire, which is why you know my nightstand is it's made of metal. Mm-hmm. Um, so in theory, either it's gonna melt or hopefully I will wake up before anything. Like I will, I will not use it at night. At first, if I ever get this product, I should also mention. Like I don't know yeah. if I will ever get this product. Honestly, is there um, any idea on when it is shipping? No, I just got an email like your order is be- has been confirmed. Hmm. It's like huh. yes, okay, and then no. Uh, further communication mm, so that's, that's good yeah i don't know what's gonna happen honestly so uh, i'm waiting because i like in theory i love the idea of having you know this kind of uh this kind of accessory i always love the promise of air power and the freedom of you know being able to place accessories anywhere instead of having to line them up precisely as i have to do right now with my nomad mm-hmm. uh, Okay, um, pad, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I I really hope that it works. Apparently, the website says they're shipping in January. So yeah, I saw that any day now. I saw that in theory supposed to work. So any day, really, it's gonna be a couple of months for sure. Mofi, which is owned by the company Zag, which I didn't. I feel like this was news to everybody. I also didn't know this. Uh, there's a Bloomberg report, which is like. This is like the most nothing Mark Gurman article I've maybe ever read. Mm-hmm. Like an executive at Zag was heard to have said that they're working on something that's kind of like air power. And that was an article. Uh, good. Like no information, no idea of when it will ship, just that they are working on something like air power. So. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a thing a lot of companies are going to continue to go after, right? Like this, because there's like this potential hunger for this type of product. But 
None of them are going to be what you want, though, is my feeling. Because what you want was Apple's product. Like, you place it everywhere, all of your devices, right? You don't need some little USB thing at the back for the Apple Watch. Put them all down on the mat, and they'll all charge, and it will be tiny, and you can put it in a bag, right? Because, like, this Zen's one is chunky, right? Like, that is big, and it's thick, and I bet it does have a little tiny fan in it or something. Oh, no. And, you know, the Mophie one is, like... At some point, right? Like, all right, good luck, Mophie. I'm excited for you, right? Like, you you do your thing. I, I see these, like, I see these products being advertised on, like, YouTube channels and stuff all the time, right? Where it's like, here's the air power. And they all just look like they're terrible. And I wouldn't trust any of them, like, none of them, not one of them. So I, I wish you the best of luck in... Uh, you really think it's got a fan or no? Well, it has a... I mean, I don't know if it has a fan. Is it going to hum while it charges things? I reckon it will make a sound. Like, because, like, if you look at the pictures of this thing, do you see the two little holes right at the front? They're like exhausts, right? Like, it's like the, the holes are, like, either for air intake or to expel air. And I don't imagine that they have engineered an almost Mac Pro-like architecture where air can just pass through the thing. So... Stephen, how do you feel about all these air power chargers? I have no interest in owning them. I'm fine with my current setup. Yep. Well, Federico, good luck to you. I come to y'all with a technical story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I texted y'all this last night. You just didn't believe it. So I'm going to say it on the show and see if anyone else has this issue. So uh, I have noticed this before, uh, but it really, last night I was like, oh, this is actually what's happening. So... Uh, imagine the situation. I'm watching something on Amazon Prime Video on my iPad, and I picked up my phone and opened Safari to check something. And as soon as I opened Safari's new tab view, the video on my iPad stops playing and goes back to like the mm. episode selection screen. And it's like, huh, that's weird. Hit play again. And then I realize pretty quickly that these two events are tied together. I tried turning Bluetooth off. That didn't do it. Something with handoff or something is making Amazon Prime not play video if you're opening a new tab in Safari on an iOS device nearby uh, on your iCloud account. So, A, I would like to know if anyone else sees this or if it's just like a weird thing that I have. Uh, And two, uh, you know, if you have any solutions for it, because it's kind of annoying if you're like streaming something and, you know, need to check something online and can't do both at the same time that's all that's my story it's very strange right this is a very weird this is very weird i didn't disbelieve you i just felt like i had to understand because it's complicated my only guess is that amazon prime the prime app is like somehow maybe somehow sees that as like a, a i don't know like some like drm like protection thing it's like oh no don't don't send this video anywhere else like i don't know something is is weird in that app no but like it's a different device i agree with our friend john Voorhees, who said i think it's handoff i think so too it's something to do with handoff like maybe just there's something going on in the prime app which is actually related to the amazon app and like they're doing some weird handoff thing but it still doesn't make any sense why just opening safari would stop the video it's very weird very weird yeah i assume it's a bug with the prime app but it's it's interesting so i thought maybe we could talk about it and well maybe this is how they use your devices to listen to you and then give you the advertising Mm. 
It's probably that. This is what they're doing. It's probably that. Every time you open Safari, the microphone turns on on the Amazon Prime app on the other device, and then that's how it listens to you. I think we solved it. Steven, you got bitten by the decade bug, didn't you? Wrote a bunch of articles. Oh, three articles. About the decade. Three is a bunch. It's like a small bunch. It was going to be five. I could tell you what the two that I didn't write were going to be at the end, but... um, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so I decided to... In a, in a in a break from character, I decided to give an award to somebody else, and I thought it'd be fun to name uh, a device of the decade for Mac, iPad, iPhone, and then I was going to do Mac OS release of the year and uh, accessory of the year, and those are the two that I didn't get to, but I'll tell you what the picture You mean of the decade, Of the right? decade, yes. Of the decade. Yeah, yeah. You're really locked in for Mac OS release of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, Catalina. Hi, Sierra. Nope. Point no two. one else is here. We'll give it to you out of sympathy. So I named the late 2010 MacBook Air the Mac of the decade. That seemed pretty universally agreed with. Like, people were on board with that. Yeah. I feel like this. that's one of those picks that even if you didn't own one, you'd have heard enough people talk happily about that computer that yeah. you would kind of, like, understand yeah. it, right? And in the article... It's the same, like, in I never owned the 12-inch power book, but I know it was good because people fond, like, like yep. think so fondly yep. of it. I love mine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then I chose the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus as the iPhones of the decade. A lot of people said it was the iPhone 10. John Gruber said that on the talk show. Um but my argument was basically the 6 and 6 Plus were the first time the iPhone got bigger. That was a, a meaningfully bigger. That was a really big deal. And if you look at Apple's financial side, yep. the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus, which is a huge spike, that's why they were down for a while after that. Like, it really... This was the bananas iPhone. Yeah. Like, when I originally saw the headline, I was like, nah, it's going to be either the 4, 5, or the 10, right? Like, and I assume that's probably what you've been hearing a lot of, either 4, 5, or 10. Yep. But after reading your article, I agree with you because this was a big departure to make. It was the first time there was a second mm-hmm. phone, right? Yep. And obviously, I have a great love for the Plus. But it led into Apple having years and years of continued insane growth. And it was, I mean, there were other factors, but the fact that they had two models was a big factor for that. Absolutely. Um, and then, and then things. Um, Before you say this one, because say what the two that you didn't write, and then we'll okay. talk about your iPad. At the so decade. I was, I had decided that the macOS release of the decade was going to be Snow Leopard, even though it came out in two thousand and nine, as a joke of like it was the best wow. release ever. Oh, that's good. That would have been fun. That's funny, though. Yeah. I like that because it, yeah, that's the meme of like Snow Leopard was the most right. perfect version of Mac OS. But that of all one time. was scheduled for New Year's Day and I was going to be offline all day. And I was like, I can't defend the joke. And like people are just going to think I can't count. Mm. So I just, I didn't yeah. do it. You could have just been one of those people of like, the decade starts in 2011. Yeah. Right? Like, the, yeah. you know. Don't you know the decade starts in 2009? Yeah, it does. And ends <laughs> in 2015. <laughs> It's Everybody knows. Work. Everybody knows this. Everybody knows. And then for accessory of the decade, I was going uh, to name AirPods over the Apple Watch for two reasons. One, the previous decade and even the beginning of this one, there was a big focus at Apple on music, like through the iPod. And we all remember those white, uh, you know, iPod earbuds we saw everywhere and the dancing silhouette ads. 
And the AirPods feel like a continuation of that story to me. And I think it's one of those products that even though it has rich ties of the past with the iPod, it it takes everything that was good about that and brings it into the modern world, right? Like people are listening to podcasts and YouTube videos and like all sorts of stuff with AirPods. And they are just, I mean, I, I don't know about y'all. I feel like in the last three or four months, even like before the holidays, all of a sudden AirPods are just like seriously everywhere. Like I, I I feel like almost every time mm-hmm. I leave the house, I see them in the world somewhere and they are just extremely popular. And if, I mean, if you go right now and try to buy the AirPods Pro, they're back ordered for a while because of the holidays, like it's just a huge hit. And I felt like that the echoes of the iPod are like live on in it. And that's what edged it out over the Apple Watch for me. Now, Renee Ritchie named the Apple Watch his uh, Apple device of the decade. And he made a good argument in that video. Hmm. And I think that, it is a very close second place for uh, a accessory of the decade at least. But I feel like the AirPods just inch it out a little bit there at the end. I agree with you. I, I think that like, I mean, you there are like a million ways that you can slice it. But I think that the AirPods are better at what they are supposed to do than the Apple Watch is at what it's supposed to do. Like the Apple Watch is amazing and capable in so many areas, mm-hmm. but the AirPods are just like you don't need to do anything else. Like that's it. Yeah, they nailed it. And I mean, who, who knows, right? If Apple sells more AirPods than Apple Watches, I have a guess it's AirPods. But oh yeah, but easy. they are. You know, the watch is still so tethered to the phone. I think we all hope to see that change in the future. But like AirPods, you can use with any other Apple device, including the watch, which is actually like a really nice experience mm-hmm. just having a watch and AirPods with you. But the AirPods just seem like a, a bigger deal. All right. Mm-hmm. So the one that we have would not spoken about mm-hmm. yet mm-hmm. was your iPad of the decade. Yes. Which you crowned as the original iPad Air from 2013. Yep. Now this was the was the, this wasn't the iPad Air that was like super powerful for multitasking, right? This was the one that came before that. Mm-hmm. iPad Air two was the one everybody bought for iOS nine or whatever. Right. The Air two mm-hmm. was like seriously powerful and um, mm-hmm. overkill. I, mean, I, I remember talking about it on the show mm-hmm. or maybe our previous podcast of like the Air two felt overpowered. It's like why do they need all this, right? But um, yeah. So let me let me def. Explain the AirPod Air pick for some, for anyone who didn't read the article, and then I will hear your disagreements. The if you if you you know wind the clock back, and th- and this month is actually ten years from the original iPad, which is bananas. But the iPad Two was excellent. They sold the iPad Two for a really long time. I wrote a thing on Mac Stories about that a couple years ago. The iPad Three was the first one with Retina, and I had that iPad, and it was heavy. And pretty slow and like really struggled under some circumstances. The GPU just wasn't up to the task. And they replaced it with the iPad 4, which has had a better GPU and the lightning port in just seven months. So the iPad 3 was for sale less than a year. Like that anytime I think about that, it kind of it kind of blows my mind. But then in the fall of 2013, we saw the iPad Air. It was basically uh, the iPad mini, but bigger, there was, you know, that time where the iPad air and the iPad mini were basically the same minus the screen size. And this, you know, was that it was a lot lighter. It had the design that we're all really familiar with now with the thinner side bezels and, you know, the chamfered edges from the iPhone five. And it, um, 
was a, it came with the A7 and it was the first time the 9.7 inch iPad was like really a one-handed device because it was lightweight, it had those thin bezels and its um software support lasted a, a, a good long time. So it is in a sense like my thinking about this is is that it was the first modern iPad that it put away the design from the two, three, and four, and it came with uh, iOS seven, I believe. Um, I think is that right? Federico twenty thirteen is iOS seven. Um, well, in September, yes. yeah. So you know, it was it was it was a lot of change. It was the first A seven, so the first sixty four bit iPad, and it just felt like the 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 if I think about the iPad eras. It marked the beginning of the modern iPad era. The iPad, the iPad mini, the iPad Air all still look like this. And uh, that's really why I picked it. In my mind, actually, for a lot of similar reasons to the iPhone 6, the iPhone 6 design is still with us today, right? The iPhone 11, you can draw its roots back to the iPhone 6 pretty, pretty easily. And the iPad Air serves that for most of the current iPads now. So that was my, that was my thinking into it. Mm-hmm. Strong disagree. I know. Here. Mm, me too, I'm afraid. I I you know, I cannot argue with the points that you're sure. making. Like they are all great points. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I just think there are better points <laughs> in terms of like another iPad that like I personally feel ended up being more influential in the long term for the iPad segment of Apple. And I mean the original iPad Pro from 2015. So not the latest one from 2018, not the refresh from 2017, the original one, um, the 12.9 inch iPad Pro. And that, so my case is based on the fact that the original iPad Pro was the first biggest iPad. It introduced the Apple Pencil that eventually trickled down to other iPads in the line. It was the first iPad. I believe, with the smart keyboard and the smart connector that also trickled down to other iPads later, including last year. It was the first iPad to really take advantage and sort of take multitasking to the next level. You could use Split View on the iPad Air, and it was fine, but on it was really on the on the big one where it, sh- where it really you could... Well, because it had, you know, like the the line was, that we used so much at that time, it was two full size apps. It was like two full size apps at the same apps time, side by side, right? That was like the big yeah. thing then. And the four speaker system, I believe. Well, maybe, yeah, it was new on the original iPad Pro in twenty fifteen. It was, I think. yeah, it was. And it, it, like generally speaking, like uh, more of a high level conceptual discussion, it was Apple sort of drawing a line in the sand and saying, we believe the iPad can be pro and we're going to name it such. So it was like the introduction of this idea that, you know, up until that moment, folks like me and Mike and Jason, like we were talking about, um, using the iPad at a professional level, and, you know, facing all the criticism that that entailed at the time. But that sort of felt like a vindication of that niche of the iPad market, of people saying, yes, I have been working on the iPad, and now Apple is making an iPad Pro. And so I feel like the 2015 iPad Pro, even more so than the 2013 iPad Air, has stronger 
values and features that if you had to consider the whole decade, make it more important than the iPad Air? I feel like for me that the iPad Air was more iterative than the other picks that you made. Like the MacBook Air and the iPhone 6 felt like bigger shifts. Like they were bigger jumps that those products made where the Air... Whilst it got thinner, the design we'd seen before, the Mini came first, right? And the Mini looked like that with, like, the thinner bezels and stuff. Where the iPad Pro was, like, a big jump from what the iPad could do before. Like, it feels more to me like if you look at the MacBook Air line, right? Like, the second MacBook Air from the first MacBook Air is basically a different thing completely. And then the iPhone 6, because it got the big phone, was like a big change from the one before. And that's like why I am on board with Federico that like the 2015 iPad Pro was like, yeah, we this is an iPad like iPads before, but it does all these things which are way more. But so yeah, that I, th- I think this pick come is like maybe even, is probably one of the harder ones because... I think that a lot of people would make a also equally strong argument about the iPad mini, like just the iPad mini being the iPad of the decade. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I And I don't disagree with any of your points. The reason I didn't pick it was actually what you just mentioned is that, oh, you could do all these new things with it. And besides the, the like two full size apps and split screen, which was awesome and something that the 12.9 iPad Pro still exceeds in, it doesn't actually do anything differently than the other iPads. Like part of my frustration with the iPad Pro to this day is that it doesn't really fundamentally change the experience in terms of capability. It changes the experience in terms of ease of use and like multitasking is better, but it's not, I feel like the iPad Pro is still a half empty promise and well, I mean, I would argue that, like, especially the 2015, the keyboard and the pencil were huge differences. And, like, I feel like right now we are in a place where the gap is a little smaller It again, definitely is. Um, and that the iPad Pro has some additional features. But, like, then you could say, like, USB-C, which is definitely mm-hmm. a thing um, that is, like for, like, for me right now is very useful. Like, I'm getting a lot of use out of the fact that I have a standard connector on my iPad. Right. Um, and also then you know, like promotion display like there's there are things where like if you are a a big user of this product line like you really value them but right now that gap is smaller but back then in 2015 the gap from the air to the pro was was massive i feel hmm. yeah i mean we can we can just disagree it's fine no this podcast will not end until we agree <laughs> So get ready. It's another podcast-a-thon. We're doing this. Uh, do you agree with us now, Stephen? I, I mean, I, I think it's it's like the Apple Watch AirPods thing. Like, neither are wrong. Okay, how about now? I went on one side, you went on the other. <laughs> do you agree now? Do you agree now? What about now? <laughs> oh, man. I do remember how... Because I bought the that original 12.9, and I do remember thinking, like, how wild it was to have ios on such a big device and i I don't use the 12.9 now has that held up for y'all like do you guys still think the 12.9 is like drastically different than say the 11 like in terms of usage oh oh, for yeah 
Oh yeah. Which is why I typically do not recommend the twelve nine to people. Yep. Like when people ask me, I want to get an iPad Pro, which one I get? I like ninety five percent of the times they get the eleven. Like yep. because the eleven is a better iPad and it's an iPad Pro. The iPad it's Pro more balanced. Yeah, yeah. The iPad the twelve point nine inch iPad Pro is like you're making a life commitment to this thing mm-hmm. because it is even though it's like it shouldn't be that different because they're so much closer mm-hmm. now, like the screen size, it's still the physical body size of it, the weight yeah. of it. It's it's way more cumbersome. It's like, do you actually want to carry around a laptop? Because that's what you're mm-hmm. doing. Right? I mean, like, if, you, if you allow me the metaphor, all mm-hmm. iPads are good iPads. Yes. But the 12.9 is like getting a Bernese dog. Like, mm-hmm. you know what you're getting into with this iPad. You know, it doesn't necessarily fit in your bag and it's bulky. Yep. And when you want to work a, while on a plane, well, good luck with the tray table. You know, that kind of stuff. Yep. yep. So. Yep. That's why, I mean, I, I said, uh, if I'm, I actually think the, I mean, I wouldn't call it my iPad of the decade because I feel like it needs, there needs to be like time between the, but I think the iPad pro 11 inch is the best ipad ever made like i think that that is the best one Mm -hmm. it's like the in every sense of the word it's the best ipad like but but i don't i wouldn't want to say it's my ipad of the decade because it only came out last like in like 2018 like it doesn't you know what i mean like that kind of stuff it's like it's too soon Mm And th- there are like, there's more like, you know, as I, we say, the 2015 iPad Pro was a more monumental mm. product, but the 11 inch iPad Pro, like yeah. that thing is. Well, it's very like good. someone asked, like, why didn't you pick the Mac Pro? I was like, dude, it's been out for three days. For most of the decade, we had really bad Mac Pros on sale. So, well, some some people have lived a very intense three days. Yes, it, yeah. it's true. Some people took it apart, but it's like that idea of. Um, your favorite movie isn't always necessarily the best right. movie, right? Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Like my wife's favorite movie so. is not a good movie. And so it's fine. What is it? Uh, I don't want to say because then people Okay, people what's the mad. movie? Okay. But it's The Princess okay. Bride. Oh, I love that uh, movie. It's not I the best have, movie ever made. I don't but... know that movie. So oh. <laughs> surprise, I haven't watched a movie. It's, it's a Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like also the new Star Wars is not not that good in my opinion oh, oh gosh don't do don't open that can of worms i okay. listened to that i listened to that conversation on upgrade based on the tweets that i have seen it appears to be a common opinion so yeah do you know what that what i've been wild about i've been pretty negative about this this movie not one person has agreed disagreed with me like i'm sure yeah. now they will but like my feeling is like it's just but it's I don't what dislike jason the movie. said like yeah. it's like positive people are less annoying than negative people yeah and so like positive people that like get in touch with you and be like no actually i love this they you know they don't do that because not as much whatever but like you know but my feeling is like it isn't a bad it's like i'm being incendiary it's not a bad movie i I just didn't really like it Mm. just didn't it just didn't really do much for me this this star war it's all right i guess yeah it's it's an all right movie which i will never watch i didn't love it it was i kind of left it and was like okay I sort of have this weird fetish that, like, I know how the inch <laughs> Star Wars movie ends. Mm. So, like, like beyond so, sort of like this character of being like the guy who hasn't never watched the Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. I do know the spoilers <laughs> yeah, for yeah. some reason. It's like me and Game of Thrones. Like, yes, I know all the yes. Game of Thrones things, but I've never seen an episode of it. And I yeah. 
kind of like, I like to be that guy now. Yeah. So no, I've never seen a throne. I don't but honestly, yeah, same with the Star Wars. And honestly, yeah. I don't know why I feel so compelled to Google the spoilers, but it's just, I just, just something that I like to do. Because you get to be that guy. Because you're never <laughs> going to watch him anyway. So no. <laughs> you might as well just be that guy. That's who you can be. With the spoilers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Are we ready to move on? Do you agree with us now? This episode of we're just Connect- we're just waiting here. <laughs> Wait through the ad, and we'll see what happens next. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform that lets you easily create a website for your next idea, complete with a unique domain name, a bunch of award-winning templates, and more. If you need a website with a store, or you want to create a portfolio, or host a blog. Squarespace lets you do all of that stuff, and there's nothing to install. There's no software patches to worry about. No server upgrades are needed. You just don't have to worry about that kind of stuff because Squarespace has got it covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. Let's you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name, and all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. I've been talking about that I built a Squarespace ad for somebody here in uh, Squarespace site for someone here in town and uh, I handed the keys over to them over the break and they can now go in and edit the content, add photos, change things around. And they're not reliant on me to change their website because Squarespace is really easy for all sorts of users to get in there and uh, tinker. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com connected. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code CONNECTED to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and to show your support for the show. Once again, that's squarespace.com connected and the code CONNECTED to get 10% off your first purchase. I'd like to thank Squarespace for the support of this show and Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Federico, tell us about uh, this new app called Launch Cuts. Okay, so Launch Cuts is this new utility that came out today. Uh, it's available for $8 on the App Store for iPhone and iPad. And so the, the brief summary would be, it is an app that lets you organize and launch shortcuts in the Shortcuts app using folders. Um, those folders, obviously, you will not be able to actually have folders inside the Apple Shortcuts app. Launch, launch Cuts is a, uh, effectively like a glorified launcher for your shortcuts. It's like a shortcuts-specific launcher that replicates the look of the shortcuts library. It's got the grid. It's got the same colors. It's got the same icons. It replicates your library. But when you tap on those shortcuts, they actually open the shortcuts app. The benefit there being that you have a bunch more controls for organizing your shortcuts and launching them and just cleaning up your library than what is otherwise possible in the in the Apple Shortcuts app. Um, I installed the beta of Launch Cuts in December and I... Use the I use the holiday break as an opportunity to really play around with the app and set up a few folders and clean up my library. 
of shortcuts. And for context, I went from 470 shortcuts initially. I cut it all down to 270 shortcuts. So I was able to remove 200 old and unused shortcuts just by virtue of creating folders and organizing things and using the advanced search feature of LaunchCats and changing the, the the size of items in the grid. You There's a slider in LaunchCats. You can actually make each shortcut smaller and smaller. So by uh, a combination of all these things, I was able to remove uh, almost 50% of my shortcuts, really. And... Uh, uh, and I just think it's the kind of utility that if you're a shortcuts power user, you know, if you're the kind of person who has not 10, not 20, but like 50, 70, 100 shortcuts on your device, you probably want this kind of utility to make sense of your library, to create folders, to organize your shortcuts in folders and all of that. Now, I need to stress this aspect of LaunchCuts. It is based it is an app that it is a native app that you can download from the app store but it's it's based on a workaround it's based on a technique that enables launch cuts and really if you know how to do it it also lets you do the same a technique that lets you extract information about your shortcut your shortcuts library from the apple shortcuts app and put it somewhere else and in this case launch cuts requires a shortcut that is called the, the LaunchCuts helper that needs to run inside the Shortcuts app to assemble this information for you. So that includes how many shortcuts you have, the names of each shortcut, the color of each shortcut, the glyph that you're using for shortcuts, and even the contents of actions contained within your shortcuts. So all this data is passed back to LaunchCuts, which assembles a database. And once you do that the first time, uh, you don't have to do it every day, but it's still something that you got to do peri- periodically because it is a limitation of LaunchCuts. You cannot access data about your shortcuts library in the background. Uh, so every few days, you may be, you know, if you created new shortcuts and you want to make sure that the database is in sync between shortcuts and launch cuts, you need to go through this um, sort of syncing process again. But otherwise, I mean, uh, as I wrote in the story today on the site, I shouldn't have to explain why having folders for a collection of items is a good idea in 2020, but that's where we are with the shortcuts app right now. Uh it's great to have folders. It's great to have advanced searches. It's great to have smart folders in LaunchCuts. So you can do things like have a folder that gets automatically populated with shortcuts that match um, a specific tag, for example, or shortcuts that you use in the share sheet. Or, you know, there's all kinds of filtering criteria. It's just, it's a power user utility based on a hack a fancy one, a really well done one. And the developer has done a really good job in trying to abstract as much of the complexity as possible. But it's still very much the kind of utility that Apple might as well kill in the future with a single update to shortcuts. So for now, it's great. I love it. It's on my home screen. And I 
really I find myself tapping the launch cuts icon more often than the shortcuts one. Obviously, you still got to use the shortcuts app. This is just a launcher. You still need to create and edit and run your shortcuts in the shortcuts app. This is just a better way to organize them and to open them. This makes me nervous. This <laughs> this is really like something that could go away at any moment. Yes, uh, especially because like I'm very surprised that it got through uh, the app store for a couple of reasons. Uh, first, it really looks just like mm-hmm. shortcuts. Uh, the look of the app is exactly the same of the grid in the Apple Shortcuts app. And second, it requires a shortcut to be installed from iCloud. It's like uh, I wonder how the you know the person at App Review at Apple did they go through this process or not? I have no idea. It, it's very unusual, right? You buy an app from the App Store and then you gotta run a shortcut to get it up and running so um i don't know it's uh if anything it may go away because apple may eventually close the technique that allows launch cuts to work and that is since the days of workflow and it still works with shortcuts we've been able to read the entire contents of a shortcut as an xml or plist file. You can do this today. I've done it before myself. If you want, you can get all your shortcuts from your library and save them all as .xml files. And you will be able to look at all the variables contained inside them, all the text actions, all the comments, everything. This is already possible. And I believe it is possible um, for legacy purposes. Because when shortcuts came out, Apple wanted to make sure that you could still install your old workflows. If you try today, if you go to my workflow review from 2014, that's five years ago, and you tap on a workflow.is link to an old workflow, it'll it'll open shortcuts. It'll become an iCloud.com link, and it will install just fine. And that's because the migration process is still in place between workflow and shortcuts. And I, there's a footnote in the story about this. And I think when the time comes that Apple says, okay, now we gave users a, a three-year grace period uh, for migrating from workflow to shortcuts, now maybe it's time that we cut that off. And when that happens, I believe, I fear, not I believe, I fear we will lose the ability to peek under the hood and take a look at the code behind the shortcut. This feels like something to me that only a select amount of people inside of Apple know about, Mm. and they are Mm -hmm. the people that kind of don't want it to go away because it will make their lives more difficult. Sounds like it. But there are times like this where it's like, oopsie daisies, now (laughs) it's public. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I'm intrigued to see how long this app works for, I have been using it today and it is really nice because it adds a bunch of features that shortcuts should have, right? Like categorization and sorting. Let's ignore folders, right? Like as an idea. Just take the ability to do like custom sorting and it's wonderful, right? Like being able to like, you know, and the folders isn't even really... So when I always imagine folders, I thought of folders like on iOS, like on the home screen, Right, that's how I always thought of like folders for shortcuts, but the way that Launch Cuts does it is much nicer. Where it's 
it's more navigation inside mm-hmm. of an iOS app than it is folders. You know what I mean, right? Like yeah. it's more like um, the notebooks in Notes. You know, yes. I don't really think of those as folders. You know what I mean? Like I think yeah. of them as like these are just like places to store this information, or like and then I like they're like buckets. You know. I know it's like the same thing, but like I, my mind when I think of folders now is more like the iOS home screen folder, uh, which is just like categories that you poke around. But like this is, and I really like that there are uh, smart folders. I think that's really nice. Um, I wish there was more they could do there. Like I would really like smart folders. Again, maybe when the shortcuts team eventually add this functionality that are can be defined by does it have actions from this app inside yes. of it? Yes. Right? So yeah. I don't have to create a time tracking folder myself. I just like create a timery folder mm-hmm. and rename it, you know? So like stuff like that, I would really like, but I've used it already to clear up some unneeded shortcuts, like a bunch of my time tracking shortcuts that use the toggle API, which I don't use anymore because I just use all the timery actions. So that was good. I could get rid of some of those, but I'm wondering Federico, what, I mean, I, it was interesting to read in your review the way that you, some of the ways that you use it. But are you purely using this app to launch your shortcuts now? Yes. Okay. And and because when I was originally playing around with the app myself, right before I read your review, I didn't really understand how that could work. But then you detailed in your review that you actually just use shortcuts in split view with launch cuts so you're not going from app to app all the time and that's quite a clever way to do it and i think is if you're using this app on the ipad should be the way that you do it i think this app is less useful on the iphone Mm, yeah i can yeah i think so yes because it's still like a lot of like you go to this one app to press a button that opens the other app and then does the action um, I was also surprised to that there wasn't any like next level widget or something, mm-hmm. right? Me like, too. Uh, yeah, because I'm very used to using the like the way that I interact with shortcuts is via the widget because my most used shortcuts are widget shortcuts that I've built. Um, I did I built my first uh, shortcut the other day, Federico, which is purely existing to launch other shortcuts. I figured you'd be ah, proud nice. of me that I've gone to that level now. Um, but so like, I was surprised to see that like this application only existed within the app itself. Like I would have maybe liked to see, you know, because really this is a launcher. I thought that there might be like a widget launcher component to it. Um, if the app continues to receive a lot of development, that is something that I would like to see. Uh, and when I say that, it's like I just, it's obviously a very small market of people that would mm. want it. Um, and like you two, I am concerned about its longevity. Um, mm-hmm. But as a little utility, it's like, this is this is just great. Like, this is just like a fun little thing that if you use shortcuts a bunch, like you can get some use out of. And I'm going to I'm gonna try playing around with it the way that you do in Split View. Um but like, you know, it is also one of those things where like as much as I like this app, what I really want is just shortcuts to have all of these features. That's that's kind of all I really want. Oh, yeah. Uh, but oh, this yeah. will do for the time being, I suppose. Yeah. It, and if only I think it proves a point, like mm-hmm. uh, here's how people would take advantage of this feature. And I think it's especially nice right now on iPad because it supports multiple windows. And so you can open different folders as different windows or you can have um, 
maybe the same folder sorted in two different ways, uh, opening a split view. Mm -hmm. And what's even nicer is that if you use launch cuts and shortcuts side by side in split view, and you tap on the ellipsis in launch cuts to edit a shortcut, it'll open on the on the other side of the screen automatically, like instantly, because it's effectively launching a URL scheme, but because shortcuts is already there, the effect is immediate. It just works instantly. And so you can tap on different shortcuts in launch cuts, and the editor will just open for different shortcuts on the other side of the screen. There's no jumping back and forth, right? It just opens the editor, and then you tap on another shortcut, it opens the editor for a different shortcut. So it's super nice, especially if you're editing multiple shortcuts at the same time, to be able to jump between them without having to say, okay, tap done, go back to the grid, find the other shortcut, tap the ellipsis, edit that one, then go back again. Again, it's a power user thing, but I feel like the bigger question, and it's sort of uh, something that I keep coming back to, I mentioned this in my coverage of Toolbox Pro, for instance, is sort of a, is this question of, is shortcuts having an identity crisis at the moment? Like, does Apple believe that shortcuts is a power user feature, or are they, do they still believe that it should become uh, a consumer product? This is what I, I would be really curious to see what Apple thinks about this and, and sort of maybe we should be waiting for signs at WWDC 2020. Uh, what's in the future of shortcuts? Because now that it's integrated, it's an Apple app and it's free. And in, in iOS 13, it received parameters and the new editor and the new security restrictions. Okay, but what now? Do you actually go after all these features that are missing for power users or are you going to simplify even more because you want to turn shortcuts into something that is more accessible and easier and more consumer friendly can it be both i don't know um so i guess we'll see but yeah i kind of want to see what apple thinks of shortcuts identity at this point because the list of features that are missing for power users is growing longer and longer and longer so I don't know. Maybe maybe Apple thinks that it's uh, third parties should just come in and offer features that are missing, but that you know they're never as good as a native integrated functionality. Well, I mean, but if they do think that, then there should be APIs, right? Yes. So, like, considering there are no APIs for shortcuts, and I don't think there will be, they don't want that. Yeah. Um, and you know, building the obvious features for shortcuts is a quick way to get yourself Sherlocked, in theory. It's only Sherlocking if. Apple update shortcuts. <laughs> if Apple do it. <laughs> we ready to move on? Sure. All right. Yep. This episode is brought to you by Booz Allen. Modernizing the future is a challenge, especially for large organizations. You may need to integrate legacy systems with new technology. You may need to incorporate AI and analytics to work more efficiently and make fast decisions. And everyone needs new ways of thinking to move and everyone needs new ways of thinking about what to move to what's next, whether for government or commercial goals. Booz Allen understands that they're helping some of the world's largest organizations modernize. They understand the mission of government and industry and the need to adapt to constant change. 
They provide open source solutions so clients can integrate innovation from anywhere, whether from visionary startups or major contractors. Plus, they're helping clients power new technologies with analytics. And because security is everyone's priority, they integrate their capabilities with intelligence-grade cybersecurity. With Booz Allen, integration means putting you in control of innovation. Integrate, innovate, get it done with Booz Allen. Learn more at boozallen.com slash relay. I'd like to thank Booz Allen for the support of the show and Relay FM. Twitter has finally updated the official iPad app to include a sidebar, which is something we wanted for a long time. However, it permanently shows trends. That's what it shows all the time. Trends, trends, trends. Who wants some trends? Oh, you want no. some trends? I want to lay out the problem that I find with seeing Twitter's trends all of the time. So I've said this in the past that like I like a contr- I like a measured approach to getting news in my life and I don't always want to see news all of the time. I make an effort to stay more informed these days than I have in the past, but like on my own terms. That's kind of the way that I like to deal with my news. Either that's through following people whose news coverage I like, like of, of the wider world, not just technology, um, or I will visit the out like new different news outlets to to get news at my own speed right but the bigger problem is that like so i you know it's easy to wrap up and say like oh i don't want to see trends because it's just seeing the news all the time the bigger problem is that twitter's trends are not news it is what people think is news which sometimes no no i i i know i know (laughs) when i say that it sounds one way but like let me explain a little bit more a lot of the time, the trends in Twitter are like meaningless to most people, unless you really care. Celebrity gossip, right? Like, if celebrities don't care, my Twitter trends every day include something about the band, the K-pop band BTS, and I don't care about mm-hmm. BTS. Like, yes. you should if you do. But I don't. So, like, the idea of Twitter serving trends for me, I have no idea why they think that I care about this. Um, they often frequently include the fun Twitter game for the day, right? Like, make a movie in seven What? Like, I don't care, right? Like, I'm not interested in that. Also, those are all basically glorified phishing And also, the this. other part is, and which is the thing that annoys me the most about the news stuff, it is frequently incendiary reactions to news or people posting things to try and pile mm-hmm. on, like, people using political events to spread misinformation and they use hashtags to do that and then the hashtag just becomes about people arguing whether the hashtag is real or not right i don't need to see any of this crap all of the time but now i see it all of the time so that's what i don't want to see so now we can get into the other argument of like why use the official app right so people say to me and federico especially because we both use the Mm. official app right why why'd you use it then? Why'd you use the official app? So Federico had a great reply to Alex uh, mm-hmm. uh, in a tweet that you sent about this issue. And you gave a really good list of features that the official app has. Can you list, list those for me, please? The official Twitter app is the only one that supports cards. Cards would be the... It's like rich text links, like rich links, rich links. Yeah, yeah. rich links and, and videos and... The, 
different types of links actually and products it's like mostly links which is nice especially because i run a website and it's important for me to make sure that the presentation of an article is correct uh polls native polls on twitter you ask one ask a question and you can vote uh, you can only do so in the official Twitter app. You can put together the poll and you can vote on the poll and you can view results. Uh, threading is done really well and it's done the proper way. Uh, you can tweet and you can add a reply to your, to your own tweet and you can see there's a button right underneath the tweet detail view that says add another tweet and you can just keep tweeting and I find, I find that really, really useful when I'm tweeting a story and I want to make sure that I highlight different aspects of the story. Um, you can, this is one of the most recent uh, Twitter features. I'm pretty sure that maybe it's third-party clients support this feature these days, but when, when it first came out, it was only available in Twitter. You can attach pictures and links, like you can have multiple attachments to a tweet mm -hmm. that already quotes another tweet. Uh, the official term is the retweet with comment. And in Twitter, you can retweet with a comment and you can also attach photos to your comment. Um, this is something that is only available in Twitter, the official Twitter app that I use all the time to find old tweets and reference my own old tweets. You, when you search in Twitter, you have access to the complete full Twitter archives. You can find tweets from 2010. You can find tweets from five years ago. You can find anything you want. And you can use the advanced search operators in Twitter for iPad and iPhone to find those tweets. Something that I do all the time from Colin Vitici and the text I'm looking for. And that restricts the tweets to just my tweets, my username, and I can look back to 10 years ago to find some stupid thing I tweeted in 2010. Um, full history of DMs, same deal. You can take a look at any DM you ever sent, and you can also search DMs now. Um, as somebody with a relatively medium-sized audience, quality filter for mentions, because sometimes people are bad, as we mentioned in my campaign speech at the beginning of no, this you episode. Said people are always bad. People are always... Well, yes, people are, except dog people. Um, dog And seal. And seal, of course, and Snoop Dogg. Um, the quality filter for mentions, it means I can hide somebody who's saying not-so-nice things to me, uh, which is Again, uh, I appreciate as an option. Uh, I can mute replies on a per-tweet basis. And in fact, Twitter just announced today... Uh, well, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, new changes to how you tweet. Um, of course, you can report abuse on tweets with proper tools, with a proper web page that it's done in line within the app. And it's very nice. You can do so just click abuse and you can choose whatever you want to report. The home timeline, the algorithm, which I love. In Twitter for iPhone and iPad, you can switch from a chronological feed, which, you know, this is the reply that I get all the time from people who don't know what they're talking about. Sometimes people don't know because it's not their job. But if you don't know, maybe don't say things that you don't know about. Anyway, um, people say, oh, but do, do you like seeing tweets with the, just with the algorithm? Uh, fun fact, no, you don't have to. You can choose between chronological feed, which is the standard timeline from newest to oldest, or you can optionally 
I use the home timeline, which is the algorithmic one. And I should say, I love the algorithmic timeline, especially because these days I'm not on Twitter all the time, and I do appreciate the computer doing the job for me of saying, here's the tweets you should take a look at, because they're not stupid, and they're actually interesting for you. And I do appreciate that the home timeline does a good job at mixing and matching not just interesting tweets based on ratio, but also things like how many people liked a certain tweet or how many people retweeted the same tweet and sort of coalescing them together in a, in the same box that is super nice the like twitter the home timeline usually has a section for like uh your friend mike and steven and mkbhd they all they're all talking about this link and you can only get that in twitter so i mean i can go on but really um the point being that the argument of like, oh, you don't need the official Twitter app, it is a wrong argument. And there's nothing bad about being wrong. Just People should just recognize that, though. It's like the facts are wrong. And I'm here to correct those facts. <laughs> yep. and this is why we do the podcast. So, yeah, um, there's plenty of reasons to use the official Twitter app. And there's plenty of reasons to get upset about it. Those are all great. Like my biggest ones are like the real time, right? Like things that happen in real time. There's no delay. Uh, and also you mentioned it already, but the algorithm, the algorithm reduces my feeling of like the fear of missing out feeling. Like I don't feel like I need to read all the tweets because the algorithm does a pretty good job. If you just let it go for a bit of learning what you like and will surface to me the things that I want to see. And so I don't read Twitter as much as I used to because I don't, have the feeling that I need to catch up with everything anymore. So now I just go to the top, scroll down a bit until I'm bored or like I feel like I've seen stuff or I've had enough and then that's just it. And that's that's kind of all I do now. So that's why I use and love the official app. Uh, but obviously we now have this new problem with the iPad view, which is showing me a bunch of stuff yeah. that I don't want to see. Yeah, and honestly, like, I feel like it's... Uh... I don't know. I feel like I'm again. It, this is just my opinion. Um, this obsession with mm. constantly getting the news, as you mentioned, like it's fine if you want to get the news on your own terms, and if you have a favorite website, perhaps you have a subscription to the Times. I have a few Italian websites and news organizations that I go to, but I do it on my own terms, at my own schedule, at my own pace. This idea of getting constantly bombarded with news and sort of the transformation of the news industry almost to an entertainment industry, like having the news on all the time. I don't think it's good for people and it's definitely not good for a social network. Like uh, the social network is the last place where I want to get news analysis and that's not to discount. It depends how you, when, you, when you say it's not good for a social network. It's great for Twitter because it keeps people talking all the time oh sure sure it, i'm sure it is but like and i'm sure that you can find hundreds thousands of journalists doing fun, fantastic reporting on twitter but what i'm saying is that that's not necessarily what you get by having a sidebar with trends and hashtags in there if your job is to promote quality journalism there's a other tools and systems to do that if you actually take a look at the sidebar it's not saying here's 10 amazing journalists you should follow it's a bunch of hashtags it's a bunch of trends i mean the last week uh, the the top trend was world war three because a bunch of people were 
saying that that was going to happen, or most of them were joking about it, that it was going to happen, sort of sarcastically, you know? And it's like, is that news? Or is that what you think is news? And then it goes back to Mike's argument of like, um, I'd rather go to a website that actually reports the news than having a sidebar from a social network with a bunch of hashtags and quote-unquote news constantly in my face all the time. Which is typically just like people's like, ha-ha, funny jokes, like congratulations jokes, like you're so good. And from a product perspective, yeah. it's just a bad iPad experience. Like besides the conceptual analysis it's just a bad app you're not really taking advantage of the screen because those things in the sidebar they are launchers for the left for the left side of the screen it's not like okay you have a sidebar and you're actually showing content in the sidebar you tap on things in the sidebar and they change the view on the left it's like it's not like TweetDeck, which is like okay, actual multiple columns. No, it's just a way to click through and change the timeline to something else. So like, it's also a bad app. It's like it's a, it's a, it's a, I called it a design catastrophe. And I'm sorry for anybody who works on Twitter's design team, but the directions that you were given are bad. This is just, this is bad design, and it's 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 a laughable iPad app at this point. And it's just also, it, it is, you know, I. it's a morally precarious design, this constant bombardment of news and hashtags and, you know, in-your-face tweets and trends. It's, it's not healthy. And so, yeah, I don't like it. That's uh, my conclusion. So, Stephen, I assume you're using TweetBot, right? Like, this isn't so much of a problem for you. It just, it just doesn't care. <laughs> I, I mostly use TweetBot. I mean, I have Twitter, the Twitter app installed on my phone and iPad because there are times, like you said, like for all those reasons that it is nice to dip into it. I understand the trending thing, but I feel like those explore tabs, whatever they're called this week of like news, sports, entertainment, like that does surface stories that I want to see from time to time. But the explore tabs are way better. Like I wished I could just set one of those in the sidebar if they really yeah. want me to engage with content. Right. Or pin a list over there like just do something else so but like if the desire is like you must and like engage with stuff like typically the explore tab has always way better things than the the trending right like there's like interest this interesting stuff in there a lot of the time like i would prefer honestly like mm -hmm. just give me a list of articles from the for you tab rather than the words in the trends like yeah like moments right like give me a list of moments instead like so at least it's curated in some way rather than this just never-ending stream of nonsense mm -hmm. so i'm i am mostly in tweetbot but that feels like uh i mean not tweetbot specifically all third-party twitter apps feel like a sinking ship at this point when i use the twitter client i i switch it to the latest and then of course it doesn't ever remember that setting because it really wants you to use the algorithm like you were talking about so i'm going to give that a shot and see if it can if it could work for me i am traditionally a twitter completionist i only follow about 400 people which seems like a lot but then i look at how many people my friends follow and 400 is nothing so yeah, I, um, I started following more when i started using the official app because now it doesn't now i don't read everything it doesn't matter how many people i follow anymore mm-hmm and i, I and yeah, and I have a private list called New Twitter of like just friends. 
And, you know, I feel like I, if I felt like I was missing things, I could always go to that. So I'm going to, I've done this several times, like taking a run at it, but I never had a Mac app. And so I always felt like, well, I'm like in two worlds, but um, the Mac app has, I mean, it's still weird in places because it's Mac Catalyst, but it's come a long way. So I'm going to give all that a shot. Um, the, my primary complaint with this app is this is the same as it was last time we spoke about this, that uh, and under the little bell icon inside the app, it has all and then mentions. And like, I don't care. I don't want to see, I don't want to be notified about people liking or retweeting my stuff. Like, thank you for doing it. But like, that's not a metric that I keep up with. Like, I don't, I don't look at how popular my tweets end up being. And, but I do look at my mentions. Uh, I, anyone who tweets something to me or one of the accounts, like I read them all. And I just wish there was a way for the all tab not to feed the little mm-hmm. like notification mm-hmm. dot in the app. Um, because I just don't accept. Mm-hmm. It's fine that it's here. I would never go to that screen on my own. So uh, that I just find a little frustrating because like that little dot is like, oh, I have a mention and I should check it out. And then it's like, oh, well, 30 people liked your joke about the Mac Pro. It's like, well, like that's cool, but it's not mm. ultimately what I'm here for. So that's a that's just a minor nitpick, but it's something that uh, bothers me. The other thing that, that sort of bothers me about the app is that if you have multiple accounts, so I, on my phone in the Twitter client, I'm signed into seven accounts. So it's my account, 512 Pixels, Relay FM, and then my four podcasts, Connected, MPU, Liftoff, and Ungeniused. Because I monitor those mentions, right? People send in feedback, show ideas. They tell me if I left something in the edit I shouldn't have. Yeah. Timer quality. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, yeah. Hey, timer quality. You know? Switching between them is just not nearly as good as it is on TweetBot. Uh, or even Twitterific, and I just wish that that was a better, faster way to do that. Do you know that you can? Do you know that you can long press your profile picture in Twitter, and it brings up the switcher? And then nope. And it also sh- then shows you the amount of notifications you have on each account. Oh yeah, that's good. I'm now a Twitter power user. You mentioned lists, and I just wanted to add that I really, really love the feature in Twitter that you can now pin some of your favorite lists yes uh, to the top of the uh, of the timeline and you have like buttons to switch between them i now have four latest tweets which is the 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 main timeline apple a bunch of apple blogs uh, sort of like rss basically friends which is everybody except steven mm. Basically, no, it's it's you and Mike and a bunch of others and pokemon yeah, yeah. for all my you know you the love pokemon to see content it. that i'm here for um so it's it's a really yes it's a really nice way to switch between different tweeters if you will uh, and again another native feature um, yeah I mean I'm I'm gonna keep using it I'm not switching because of all those features I tried so Mike linked or Steven linked in the in the document here the split view trick of um, if you put something next to Twitter for iPad. In split view, it hides the sidebar. Mm-hmm. And that works. And I thought, okay, maybe I should just put um, another Safari window in there next to Twitter, like permanently. And what I realized is something that I really dislike about multi window on iPadOS that turns out, and I do this all the time, I actually wrote about this in my iPadOS review. There's an entire page dedicated to this very problem of. You put a window in there. So say you have Twitter and Safari, 
and then elsewhere in iPadOS, you have another Safari window. So in total, you have two Safari windows. You, but you consider one of them to be your main one, right? Like the standalone Safari one, not the one next to Twitter. The one on its own, you consider to be your main Safari window. And then you keep another one next to Twitter just to, you know, just because you don't want to see the sidebar. But every time you mm -hmm. tap on the Twitter icon, it loads the split view. Now, if you go to iMessage and tap a link that Mike sent to you, guess what? That link is going to open next to Twitter, not in your main Safari space. Because iPadOS has no concept of favorite spaces or main spaces. It just treats the latest instance of the window that you mm -hmm. saw as the active one. And so... With multiple Safari windows, I find myself I find myself all the time opening links in the wrong window, the one next to Twitter, instead of my main one. And that's because iPadOS has no concept of what's a main, what's a favorite. It doesn't care. And similarly, when I wanted to bring uh, a, one of my Safari windows in a split view next to Apple Notes, it displayed... Uh, so I dragged the Safari icon and I dropped it next to Notes and it showed me the window picker, right? Because multiple windows already existed on, in, in, in the system. But I had no way of telling which one was the window next to Twitter and which one was the other space. I feel like because we need a sacrificial app, right? Like, the, the, like for this purpose, <laughs> like some kind of app that just like I never will open for any other reason ever. It, but it lives here like and it's and it's an app that has to like i guess has to support multi-window but maybe not right like it can just live in split view so no i mean just split view like voice memos on ipad some, but, but i want it to be something of use too like maybe it's just like an app that like shows something serene no, to no, me no, no. all the time Do like you know um puppies yeah. or something i was thinking it was just black it's like it's not even there anymore I need a, we need sacrificial apps that we can keep yeah. in split view with Twitter all the time I think I think someone should build this and put it in test flight and just let people use it it's like launch cuts but for trends you also need better multi-window you know mm. hmm. so anyway yeah that's Twitter um, whatever I mean I, we're all yeah this is not going to, you know, Twitter is not going to listen to anybody. So they do their own no, thing. No, we are effectively screaming into the void. But, it, like, I had to talk about this because I'm just, like, so upset yes. about it. But it's our void, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're ending on a sad note, but it's fine because we're still happy. Well, no, we're not ending the show, right? Because Stephen has to agree. Oh, yeah. Do you agree with us now? Yeah, iPad. About uh, the thing we said before about the iPad Pro? All right. If you want to find show notes to the stuff we spoke about this week, there's a whole bunch of them there in your podcast app or on our website, relay.fm slash connected slash 276. Uh, if you're there on the website, you can do a couple of fun things. You can send us an email with any feedback or follow-up or with test flight invitations to apps put next to Twitter for iPad. The sacrificial Twitter app. Sacrificial Twitter app. You can, uh, of course... Find us on Twitter with, with things as well. So if you have an idea on how we show who is the annual and keynote chairman, you can do that. Uh, you can tweet at the show, which is at underscore connected FM. 
You can find the three of us online as well. Uh, Mike is the host of a bunch of shows here on Relay FM, and he is on social media as iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Federico is the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net and my co-host for the Anti-Upgradies. You can find him on Twitter at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. Yes. You can find my writing at 512 Pixels, and you can find 512 Pixels over on YouTube as well. And you can follow me on Twitter as ISMH. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Pingdom, Squarespace, and Booz Allen. Until next time, guys, say goodbye. Cheerio. Arrivederci. Adios.